Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV, episode number 402 for Tuesday, the 2nd of June, 2015. Welcome to the show. And tonight we are going to indulge our need to code. Our need to code. We are going to start learning how to do PHP functions with our eighth segment in the series, Beginner to Intermediate PHP. So stick around. All right. So I should do the news. Oh, yes. <laughs> Here's what's coming up in the Category 5.tv newsroom. <laughs> One person's junk is indeed someone else's treasure. One of the first 200 Macintosh computers ever manufactured was unwittingly donated to a recycling center who later turned around and sold it for nearly a quarter of a million dollars. <whistles> Facebook is to expand its artificial intelligence research, opening its first lab outside the U.S. in Paris. Danish toy company Lego has launched a rival to popular video game Minecraft. Macs older than a year are vulnerable to exploits that remotely overwrite the firmware that boots up the machine, a feat that allows attackers to control vulnerable devices from the very first instruction. Stick around, the full details are coming up later in the show. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Starring Sasha Dermatis. Hillary Rumble. Krista Wells. Eric Kidd. And your host, Robbie Ferguson. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Hey, I'm Robbie Ferguson. I am Sasha Dermatis. Welcome to the show. Hey, Category 5 Technology TV is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here, cat5.tv slash tpn. And also the International Association of Internet Broadcasters, cat5.tv slash iaib. You do have it That's memorized. how it's done. That is crazy. I have to definitely get that done. How did I ever memorize that? Because you wrote it. Oh, yes. Uh, if you have a question that we might be able to answer, give us a call on the cat phone, 2545-CAT5-TV. Nobody's calling us. We'll call you. No. Give us a call. Make it ring. Ooh, give us a call today, live. That would be awesome. Why not? <laughs> All right. Um, JP on JP0, JPO, maybe, on Twitter, got his hands on a new Roku and is watching from his TV, which is nice. awesome. I want a Roku. And you might also want a Roku, which you can buy from... Cat5.tv slash Roku. It's spelled R-O-K-U. Check it out. And JP, nice to be on your big screen TV. How cool yeah. is that? Hi, JP. Um, our address has changed. Oh, yeah. You can. This is important. This is important. This is important, especially if you want a stamp postcard. Or premium vinyl category five stickers. Oh, how can um, I do that? The first five people to send us a stamped postcard will get premium vinyl stickers. Oh, we give them an oh we will give you an autographed business card as well. Well what we're gonna do now you're gonna get the vinyl sticker if you send us a postcard that is stamped. So don't put it in an envelope. Actually stamp it, send it to us. And uh, the first five people are gonna get the vinyl sticker and everybody who sends one and that it, it arrives before July. We're going to put you in a uh, draw. We're going to be giving away a full set of the, the autographed business cards as well. Oh, that's so awesome. Loads of ways to win. Our, so our mailing address has changed. Of course, the new mailing address is on our website, category5.tv. So make sure you get that. Send us a postcard. Send us a hello, whatever you want to do. And, uh, and you will have a chance to win some stuff. Can I stamp my stamp on the thing as well? Yeah, tell I us about the stamp. You've got I, the stamp, but you didn't it. bring the stamp. I, I forgot it at work. I've okay. been using it. At work. You've been using it? I've how's been it, using how's it. How's it going? Loving it. Yeah? What's great is we ran out of pens. We do a lot of draws and well, stuff. Well, wasn't so that convenient? Steal our pens. And I... You're the only one who could sign stuff. Yeah, exactly. So if a secret shopper came in this week... 
I passed. If well, I passed that part. <laughs> <laughs> if you're wondering what on earth we're talking about, check out episode number 399, where Sasha actually created a, a stamping pen. I wish you had brought it with you. Please bring it next I week. I will bring we it next week. want to show the people. I so guess. it worked out? It's perfect. Does it look like you it actually signed it? Totally. Until I nice. I did hand like six people the same like stamped receipt. At like the they, same table is the only they, way they'd notice. Exactly. And as I was walking by, they were like, I'm sure this is a stamp. I could hear them. <laughs> but I did not confirm <laughs> Grumbling under their voices. <laughs> I saw this on Category 5 Technology TV. <laughs> this, is, this is a stamp. She's yeah. lazy. <laughs> Shane Milton from YouTube wants hey, to draw your attention to another great tool from Linux to find out what's eating your hard drive or space. Oh yeah. So like last week's with the with the yeah we're looking at space sniffer thingy. So what Shane this got for one us. is called GD Map and ah. it's available in your favorite package manager. Thanks for the tip, Shane. Awesome possum. And do do do. I like this. I can just sit and drink my coffee. I know. This is good. <laughs> Good planning, Robbie. Yeah, Sasha does all the talking. Perfect. C128D called you out. Oh, what did I do? Um, well, there was an error last week. The computer that was having trouble with the card reader was a laptop. Oh. Right. So and it, I recommended it, unplugging the USB from the internal which motherboard. Is impossible. And, yeah. So, Houdino? Houdino? What's your name? <laughs> What? Instead. The viewer who sent the question about the laptop. Is named. Yes. Who, who do we know? Maybe. Okay. Yes. Instead, try going to the BIOS and making note of the settings and then load the optimal default settings. And so then, reset to factory defaults, basically your BIOS. Right. Then re-enter the BIOS and restore any settings that will not boot from SD card, the SD cards. But right. even that might be remedied if your computer manufacturer offers a BIOS firmware update. Thank you for that uh, message on YouTube C128D. So what what he's saying is uh, what you could do is go into the BIOS, reset everything to factory defaults, then you know maybe to shut down might be a good idea to shut down, pull the battery, pull the power cord, let it power out, and then plug everything back in, power it back up, go back into the BIOS, set everything back up, and that's going to force the BIOS to wake up and say, oh, let's reconnect to that device. Right. Good, good suggestion. Thanks for calling me on that. <laughs> I didn't even realize, obviously, I thought it was a desktop computer. So my advice was sound. However, it did not help Huduino whatsoever. It's probably got his laptop apart, keyboards all broken up to shreds, and trying to solder off the USB peripherals probably. from the motherboard. <laughs> sorry about that. So, so yeah, sorry you had to. disclaimer at the end of the show. Is there a disclaimer? <laughs> there is, yeah. You, you break it, you buy it. <laughs> nice. Um, first choice, last choice, cool name. Reflects on last week's news story and shares concern that servers will generate the heat and that will create a, or generate quite a bit of electricity and who's to pay for it. So, Oh, the heater, the, heater the thing. radiator the, the, servers so, like are a drawing recap. a lot of electricity in order yeah. to run. Good question. Uh, I think that it would probably be offset by the amount you're saving. Do you think heat. it would? I guess it depends. I mean, how much does heat cost, Still, realistically? Because if I'm powering a furnace versus powering a server, is it not a, a, a balancing scale kind know. of thing? I still like my idea best that they should just put them in community centers. My biggest concern is not so much about the electricity, but the fact that um, that the company that's doing the, uh, the servers, using them as heaters, radiators, is... Uh, they require fiber optic internet. So you already have to have a really strong, expensive internet connection. Wait, I think that they are doing that. They're laying the lines for it. Do you think I they're think. doing Like if they would come into my house and say, I'll put in the internet, I'll pay the hydro. You just reap the benefits of this free server or free heat from our server. Yeah, that sure sounds too good. To be they're true, making money it? because they're selling access on their cloud and it's got, you know, Docker apps and everything on this cloud that's based on radiators. <laughs> I live in a basement cool. apartment, so I don't know where this is, but if you're in Barrie, talk to me because I will use your Sounds free good. heat. Sounds good. <laughs> um, I, I, I should just make mention for you that um, I did send an, uh, uh, a Twitter message, a tweet to the company that's making those, and I haven't heard back. Okay. Oh. So we'll okay. let you know. We'll certainly let you know if they 
get back to us on that question. That company might be the middle of the night. I realize that. It's true, seven, yeah. It's 7 o'clock Tuesday here. <laughs> Wait, you mean they're not watching? They're not in the chat room? Come on. Uh, and that, um, of course, is nerdalize. So tweet them. Nerdalize with a Z. Right. Um, thank you so much to anybody who donated or used our affiliate links and partner links this week. We have pressing needs and your donations definitely help. Affiliate links are a great way to support the show because you can shop on Amazon, you can shop on eBay, you can shop at B&H Photo Video. Pretty much anything that you want these days can be bought on Amazon. It's unreal. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've really done a good job of creating a service. I, I ordered something on Sunday and it was here yesterday overnight I heard, and I didn't even pay for shipping I heard um, on the radio that they're starting to do it Amazon will do same day shipping if your amount is over $35 really same day shipping wow. no fee as long as you pay $35 yeah I can't believe that I get stuff as quickly as I do unless there are situations like I mentioned that we ordered a case for the Raspberry Pi I did order it from Amazon but it was a third party seller Right. And it's coming from China. It's on a boat somewhere and it's taking its sweet time to get here. But anything that I've ordered that is sold by Amazon gets here right away. So you can actually go to our website, category5.tv, click on support us and then affiliate links and you'll see Amazon and a bunch of other shops there that you can shop with. All you have to do is every time you're going to shop at Amazon anyways or any of these shops, you click our link and it takes you to Amazon. Right. Or whatever it is. Exactly. And then it just. I've done it before. If I have done it before. It's easy. You cannot mess it up. <laughs> is that our gauge? Yeah. So anytime we want to know how easy something is, we just email it to Sasha. I'd be like, sorry. And, can well, you figure no. this out? And no. if, she's, if she doesn't email you back in five minutes, then you know it's not any good. I'm still trying to figure out your email. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. She hasn't figured out email. <laughs> um, Mike N. on YouTube was watching the Backyard Barbecue Bash nice. from episode 400. And commented that it reminded him of some barbecues he had in Barrie that had, you know, less food, more beer. But still, that means he's in Barrie, which means hey, he could Mike be M. watching live here in studio like my mom and my sister are today. Hello. Hello. It's it, my mom's birthday. Happy birthday, happy mom. Happy birthday. <laughs> She's 29. <laughs> Barrie has changed so much over the years, and our yard is we have the beautiful forest and the trees and and it's glorious and it's rare to you know it's becoming more and more rare to find that in the city and it's uh, it's a really great city but mm-hmm. uh, it has changed a lot glad to help you reminisce exactly come out to the next wouldn't one. it really work so well if we had a whole bunch of beer though no might have been easier for me. I don't know if it, you all noticed how awkward it was for me to stand shorter than everybody else while I was interviewing them. You were on a hill at the bottom of I the hill. I was at the bottom of a hill. Yeah. We understand that. Set me up for failure. What are we doing today? PHP? Today we're learning how to create PHP functions. And uh, I want to take you through it. We're going to learn specifically how to save ourselves some time, save us some redundant coding. Right. Are we ready for it? Is that what you're, you're getting at uh, here? Yeah. I'm ready. Well then, are you I ready at home? Bring up your text editor because this is going to be a lot of fun. We're not using no GUI. I might even do this in Nano. What do you think of that? I think that's a great idea. That's what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sasha. Appreciate your support. Okay, so I'm going to just bring up, I, I am actually, you know, I'm going to have some fun with this. We're going to do this in the terminal. Let's see what we can do. Uh, so I'm going to just jump over to my temp folder is a place that I can work. And what we're going to do now, this is, I'm going to give you a number. Uh, it'll be at the bottom of your screen there. But uh, that number, you can go over to this website address, cat5.tv, uh, demo.cat5.tv slash, there it is. And uh, you can actually get this code as well. Okay. So we're going to use the terminal so that we can really have some fun. And I want to get that. Here we go. Ill-prepared. You jump. You threw me into this. I'm going to get it. 23. Oh. 023. That's what we're working on. Okay. So where does this, what are we actually doing here? I'm going to, I'm going to create a file here. We're going to call this our index. Well, I may have, do I have an index? No, I don't. Index.php. There we go. So we're creating a new file in Nano called index.php. How do we open and close PHP? Just like that. The thing that we may be tempted to do when we're coding PHP uh, with what we're, what we're about to do, 
we're, we're wanting to save ourselves some time when it comes to calculations and taking calculations and turning them into lang- language or verbiage. So if I, for example, if I say um, he wanted to compare 15 items, mm-hmm. right? I might be tempted to, in that scenario, say, okay, let's say number of items equals, let's make it a plural number. So I might be tempted to say if number of items is greater than one, then we're going to say echo. What did I say? He wanted to compare number of items uh, to compare number of items, items, right? Mm-hmm. So I might be tempted to do it like that. And then for the singular, because if number of items is greater than one, we're going to say he wanted to compare number of items. This is the long way. And this is how we're thinking. We kind of think in linear terms and we think in uh, logic, logical terms that this is how right. I might think to do this. So then I would say else, because now we know that actually number of items is not greater than one. So that means it's one or zero, but we're not going to encounter that. So we would say echo, he wanted to say look at number of items, or I could just say one because I know it's one. And this time we have to say what? Item. Item, yes. Right? Because it's singular. So programmatically, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And we would say, okay, looking at that in a linear methodology or, or mindset, that, that works. But it's a lot of redundancy. I hate redundancy. Mm-hmm. And when you're working with different languages, say you've got a situation where you've got English, French, Spanish, and, or perhaps you're just working with a lot of text and having to make sure that if I make a change to that, I need to also make sure that I make a change to the singular form of that. Let's run this code so you can see. <laughs> Let's run it so that you can see what it looks like. So if I type php index.php, he wanted to compare three items. Right? Oh, that's perfect. Now, if I open that file again and I say number of items is one and save it, run it again, he wanted to look at one item. Mm-hmm. Notice the difference? See, we've got singular, plural. Yes. Okay. Now, this is where PHP gets exciting because now we can start using a programmatic mindset to solve the redundancy issue of having to type things multiple times, having to use the logic of if it's greater than three, then do this. If it's less than, if it's one, do this. And we've got that redundancy. And we're really greatly simplifying it with this example. But I know that there are ways that this can be used to save you so much time. Mm-hmm. But at the, at the core of what we're doing tonight we're really learning about how do PHP functions work at their base? How can we create a function that we can then call over and over and over again to basically perform the same operation but not have to redundantly type that over and over and over again throughout our code? And sometimes code can become quite lengthy and quite large. This has to do with anything from something that's uh, locally running in the command line like I'm doing here. Could be a website, could be an online cart system, and you want to know, hey, did they put one item in their cart or two items? Right. Right? Well, how do we get that verbiage without having to be redundant? That's what we're going to do. Nice. Okay, so let's open up that file again, and let's say, let's take a different approach. Okay, Sasha? Yes. We're going to say create a function and this works like this okay function first word and we'll say plural that's what we want to do and it looks like that okay okay so we need to now tell our function what it is that we want it to read the data from so i'm going to say i'm going to create a string and we're going to call it amount so now if i open that up and turn so see i've put braces around that that Uh those braces say okay now that's my function anything that happens in here is part of the function if i type echo dollar sign amount not an apostrophe sorry now outside of that function after it's declared i can go echo plural and then what 500 notice that i haven't entered dollar sign amount because what i'm actually doing is i'm commanding it to run the function 
and then here's the amount that I'm giving it, and what's it going to do? It's going to echo it. So if I now run that program, it echoes out 500. You see that at the uh -huh. beginning of my line? So let's make it smart. Let's instead say, we're going to start with amount, and then we're going to do something kind of fun here. We're going to go singular. This is where language gets exciting. And we can go equals quote, quote, apostrophe, apostrophe. What that does is that declares that blank is the default. So I don't always have to declare this. And plural, let's set a, what would be a default for something that's plural, item or item S. Yes. Right? Typically, plural would be an S With in an S. English language. Yes. So that will be our default. We can always override it by sending something in the third place for our function. What that means is, is I can now go echo plural 500 apostrophe apostrophe for singular is empty comma ed or as and it will instead add as. Right. Okay. That's going to make sense to you in just a second. So with that information now, I can go if, notice I'm within my function, dollar sign amount is greater than one do this. Return, because we're in a function, we can actually send something back to the uh, to outside of the function, the code that's running it. Did you use Pico? Pico? Yeah. No. Okay. Why? Well, what is Pico? Is that a, like Nano? I'm using Nano. Yeah. Nano. Pico's like Nano. Oh, okay. Is that a different version of the, the program? Yes. All right. I asked, I asked in the chat room for them to say something Marco to Polo. message something that I could say out loud that sounded really smart. It's that. <laughs> that it's was that. it. <laughs> also, well the PHP is pre hypertext processor. Well done. Also smart. Okay, continue. Okay. <laughs> All right. So now I'm going to return something. So what does this mean? Uh, now I can re return dollar sign plural because amount is greater than one. Notice amount was passed through the first variable. So else, notice how simple that is. There's not a lot of code here. Return singular. Okay. So now we've got a full function that if I go uh, number of items, let's say, equals three. Okay. Mm -hmm. So now if I go echo plural number of items, which we know is three, mm -hmm. it's going to be it's just going to output an S. See that S at the beginning? It says Srabi. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how does that work? So now I go echo item dot plural number of items. So now in my language, it says items. See that? Mm -hmm. What I'm going to do here, I'm also going to add a PHP end of line. And what that's going to do is make it so that it doesn't put it before Robbie. That just puts a carriage return. So now it's items. Okay, so now if number of items is equal to one, of course, when I run it, it's item. It's right. not going to run it as, it's not going to see it as plural. So I've now created a function that fully works with anything that I send to it if the first item is uh, an amount, a number. Okay, so five, ten. So I can do things like this. I can, instead of number of items equals one, I can instead take an array and I can go my array equals hello my array equals hi so I now have an array that is valued at two there are two things in that array so now I can within that I can go count my array and if I run that we know that there there are two so it says items so watch what happens now if we take that and we put it into the context of our cart. So we say, he wanted to look at, or we're going to use the verbiage compare, and then how many items? Let's say count dollar sign my array. Item, and then plural or singular, okay? Mm-hmm. He wanted to compare two items. All right. So now if I change my array so it only contains one item and run it, he wanted to compare one item. 
Notice it's not, there's no S at the end of that. So where this gets exciting now, okay, well, you saw that I created a singular form as well. I can input something for singular and plural. So we mm-hmm. can do some interesting things here with our function. And there it is. That's all that there is to it. That's the entire text for this function that we're going to add to our code and use it anywhere we want to now because it only has to be declared once and then you can use it a million times. So let's say instead, compare. Well, how can you possibly compare one item? You cannot. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense, does it? No. So to say he wanted to compare one item. To itself? To what, right? So instead we're going to say, watch this, this is kind of neat. Plural, count my array, because that's the how many uh, items are in the array. We know it's one right now. See the array just above there? And so we're going to assign what would it be in singular form. That's our first string here. So we would say he wanted to look at, say. Okay. But then the plural would be compare. Close that off. If I've got my syntax right, then we need to add a space. What's syntax? Syntax is like uh, that I didn't do a typo. Oh, okay. Grammar. Okay. Spelling. Programmatical grammar, basically, yeah. Yeah. He wanted to look at one item. See that? Nice. So now our, our function not only works with the numbers, but it also works with the verbiage. So we don't have to rewrite redundant multiple copies of this verbiage. So right. now if I take that array and I say, okay, let's, let's actually make it a few like that, okay? Run that again and watch what happens. He wanted to compare seven items. So it's changed not only the number, the, whether it's plural, the word item, but also whether he's comparing or looking at. Right. All within the same function. And so that with those little, those few lines of code, that's all there is to it. I'm able to do all that. One thing that we can do to now improve this even further is we can do something really fun because you know what? I don't like, (laughs) you're like. Really fun. I think it's fun. Look at the joy on my face. I'm like a little boy when it comes to code. I love it. I just love code. And it's it's such simple stuff, but it's so fun when you figure this stuff out. I don't like this. Count my array and blah, blah, blah. Okay, so I'm going to get rid of that. My array. Well, of course, we're going to have a big problem there. I'm going to show you why. So anywhere within my plural, I'm going to do that. Now, what I'm doing is I'm actually sending my array to plural. Well, that's not going to work because my array is not what? It's not a number. Right. It's an array, right? So what we instead do is we say if is array dollar sign amount. Hey, if it's an array, do something a little bit differently. Let's do this dollar sign count equals count. See how I've now put that? Uh, my, uh, no, it was amount, sorry. <laughs> Can't talk and type. Okay, so now dollar sign count is equal to the count, the number of variables count. in, the number of keys in dollar sign amount. So now it's a number. It's converted it to a number called count. So just change all these. Count. Just that one, I guess. And then else, here's the, this is, hey, if it's not an array, we know it's a number. So let's say count equals int val. So it's an integer value, dollar sign amount. So now we've said, if it's an array, count how many, uh, how many there are. And that's going to be our count. If it's not an array, we know that it's a number. So we're going to, and we're going to force that by changing it to an integer value so that somebody can't break the code by accidentally injecting something else. I feel like maybe both myself and Songbird will probably be watching this show over and over again, like in Repeat like, like three seconds, exactly, three second segments. Pause. Okay. <laughs> Wait, what does that mean? Well, that's all there is to it. So, and, well, you know what's changed now is my array looks like that, but look at my calls. My call is simply plural 
my array. I'm actually now sending the whole array to my function. I don't have to count it manually anymore. Right. I don't have to create that here. I don't have to send a number. It's now the only time that I'm still using count in this is when I, I say the number of items, count right. my array items, because that's outside of my plural um, function. Okay, right. so let's, let's run it. Okay. Okay, so nothing has changed other than the fact that we are no longer count, uh, we're, we're sending an array. And there we go, he, he wanted to compare seven items. And it got it just from that. And I sent the array. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to post the code that I just created live on the show. I'm going to post that for you um, at demo.cat5.tv slash 023. And that way you can look at this. You can use that function if you want. Um, use it in your, your own software. Use it in your own websites. I do find that kind of functionality pretty handy. Uh, but I hope that you've been able to follow along with that. Look at the code at that address, okay? And figure out. I think that's a great way to learn is yeah. look at someone else's code, figure out how does that work. And I hope that the that having featured it on the show tonight also helps you to get your head around it as well. I think it really, really will help. Like there were definite parts of that that I def like that I felt I could get. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> and as we already established earlier on in the show, if Sasha gets it, then it's easy. <laughs> You said it. I'm I did not many, say no, it. No, I'm smart in many ways. I feel like a jerk saying that. No, I'm smart in many ways. Just right. when it comes to programming, a little less smart. We're learning, though. Oh, We're learning by the way, I'm together. going to the news desk. Yeah, she's off. She's, off. she's like, everybody, <laughs> oh, he's out. offended her. She's gone. Yeah. Well, over to the Category 5 TV newsroom. Are you ready over oh, there? No, I'm not ready over there. Okay. Buy me some time. Uh, well, <laughs> this is Category 5 Technology TV. Welcome to the show. Visit our website, www.category5.tv. Find out all the cool things that we've got going on. We've got other shows available for you as well. If you want to add the Category 5 TV network uh, Roku channel to your device, go to cat5.tv slash Roku channel, and that will allow you to subscribe to all of our programming here at Category 5 TV. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Now, off to the newsroom. Here is Sasha Dermatis. It's Tuesday, June the 2nd, 2015, and here are the stories we're covering this week. A recycling firm is trying to track down the woman who dropped off an extremely rare Macintosh One computer worth almost one quarter of a million dollars. Facebook is opening a new lab in Paris focused specifically on the development of artificial intelligence. Lego is finally bringing out a Minecraft competitor. A newfound exploit for Max has been discovered that lets an attacker remotely overwrite the firmware that boots your computer. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. If you need website hosting for your website, for your blog, head on over to cat5.tv slash dreamhost. Use the coupon code cat5tv. We've got fully SSD hosted LAMP stack servers that are just waiting for you there. And for only $70 a year, you're going to actually receive a .com domain name. Uh, you're going to get that along with unlimited hosting space, unlimited bandwidth, unlimited email addresses, and the ability to host an unlimited number of domains all covered within that $70 fee per year. So go to cat5.tv slash dreamhost. And again, use the coupon code cat5tv. Back to the newsroom here, Sasha. I'm Sasha Dermatis, and here are the top stories from the category5.tv newsroom. It turns out that one person's junk is indeed someone else's treasure. A South Bay recycling firm is looking for a woman who, in early April, dropped off boxes of electronics that she had cleaned out from her house after her husband died. About two weeks later, the firm, Clean Bay Area, discovered inside one of the boxes a rare find, a vintage Apple One, one of only about 200 first-generation desktop computers put together by Steve Jobs, Steve Wozniak, and Ron Wayne in 1976. The company had a backup of donations and didn't immediately go through her boxes. The recycling firm sold the Apple One this month for $200,000 to a private collection. And now, because the company policy is to split proceeds 50-50 with the donor, he's looking for the mystery woman who refused to get a receipt or to leave her name. Oh, I know. To get her $100,000 check, the woman just needs to show up at the company's warehouse because the man who accepted the donation said to prove who she is, all he needs to do is look at her. 
That is really sweet, Robbie. Like it's firstly, it's sad. Uh, and secondly, it's really sweet. It's nice to know that they're doing their best. I mean, here we are in Canada and they're trying so hard to track her down. Yeah. Could you imagine, though, dropping off what you think is junk? And this is old stuff. I mean, it looked it. How would you know that yeah. it was not just a bunch of circuit boards and, and junky stuff? Two hundred thousand yeah. dollars. It's sold for. Well, and I mean, I'm just trying to I'm probably empathetically putting my feelings onto her. But I'm thinking like she her husband just died. So she's probably going through all this stuff and she's full of emotion and she's already heartbroken about having to get rid of this stuff. So once they do track her down and give her the check, it'll probably just kind of put a nice, sweet lining on, you know, such a bitter process and sad process. So Mm. hopefully they find her. They give her the money. So. Facebook is to expand its artificial intelligence research, opening its first lab outside the U.S. in Paris. The team will work on ambitious long-term projects, including natural language processing and speech and image recognition. Facebook's chief technology officer, Mike Schorpfer, said that the threat of AI had been overblown in recent months. Yan LeCun, who heads up Facebook's AI research, said that we have nothing to worry about in the near future. He believes it will be several decades before we see human-level AI and says this gives the AI community and industry plenty of time to talk about the ethics. AI is one of the three pillars of investment for the company, the others being virtual reality and connectivity. Initially, six research scientists will be based in the Paris lab, growing to 12 by the end of the year. Why Paris, of all places? Like, why? I don't understand the Paris connection. Because they like their wine, their ladies, and their AI. It's, it's so Guaranteed. weird. Well, th- you know what? There's a, there's a large uh, number of people uh, focused specifically on artificial intelligence development in Paris. So it, it really is a good location for Facebook to go to. But with the comments about, you know, well, it's, we're so many years off from artificial That's- intelligence, you know, and, and you know, we're, <laughs> why are we afraid? Of, I, I think it really reminds me of what the conversations must have been like, you know, before pollution, and, you know, well, oh, well, we're so many years off. It's, we don't need to make wise choices yet. And it seems a little bit We should probably talk about the... Silly. Yeah, we should talk about the ethics before we go ahead and do all of this. I really think you kind of need to plan for ethics when you're building something such as, you know, that's what you're working toward. Okay, you're obviously, you brought it up. So you're working toward artificial intelligence that is human-like. Mm-hmm. Realistically, though, I mean, it starts with, okay, they're going to create advertising systems and so i think your advertising systems should probably have a certain level of ethics as well maybe they don't have arms and legs and they can't go around beating people up but they should be ethical yeah i it's a slippery slope once you start (laughs) right so this is fun news danish toy company lego has launched a rival to popular video game minecraft Lego World is available now at uh, for eleven dollars and ninety nine cents. No, it's pounds, but I don't know how to say that. Eleven pounds and ninety nine pence, or <laughs> via the Steam gaming platform. Its final release, featuring classic and modern playsets and popular min- mini figurines, is expected in two thousand and sixteen. Features will be added in response to feedback from players of the game. Lego already sells Minecraft playsets so gamers can physically build their virtual collection or creations. And Lego Worlds will invite fans to do the same in reverse. Tom Stone, managing director of TT Games, which will release Lego Worlds, said it embodies the physical Lego brick building fun that consumers have enjoyed for decades on a digital platform that now delivers an entirely new type of experience with the beloved bricks. From the brick-by-brick brick editor to discovering an expansive range of items, characters, and creatures to populate your worlds, the creative possibilities are endless, he added. Daniel Goldberg, who has written a book about the growth of Minecraft, said that he was surprised that it had taken this, them this long. I agree now that I think about it because Lego and Minecraft seem like they're sort of blocky the same. You know, what's funny about that statement <laughs> is that when people say to me, I don't understand the appeal of Minecraft, or in our case, Mind Test. Yeah. Um, I tend to say it's really like 
a modern day Lego. It's a, you know, you're building, you're creating. And Rev D. Jank is in the chat room and says, virtual Lego? I'd r- much rather the real thing. And it's true, but the, as a dad of young kids, it's a lot of space and a lot of money. They're extremely expensive. So to be able to, we may not understand the currency, but 11 pounds, 99 pence. I think it's pence, pounds and so pence. So we'll just, ra- yeah, we'll just, 12 I would say pounds. 12, 12 pounds. It's about 12 pounds. Uh, it's a lot cheaper than going out and getting the real thing, to be honest with you. Well, so. plus, you can't, like, in the middle of the night when you're getting up to feed the baby, step on a virtual Lego block. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and there, there, obviously there's there's the whole tactile feel of real Lego, but I think there's a really good place for it, and it's about time they did this. Yeah, it they, just does make sense. Yeah, they said Minecraft is exactly what Lego should have done 10 years ago. Here, here. So, kind of awesome. <laughs> Macs older than a year are vulnerable to exploits that remotely overwrite the firmware that boots up the machine, a feat that allows attackers to control vulnerable devices from the very first instruction. The attack affects Macs shipped prior to the middle of 2014 that are allowed to go into sleep mode. A malicious user could reflash a Mac's BIOS using functionality contained in user land, which is the part of an operating system where installed applications and drivers are executed. By exploiting vulnerabilities such as those regularly found in Safari and other web browsers, attackers can install malicious firmware that survives hard drive reformatting and reinstallation of the operating system. The attack is more serious than the Thunderstrike proof-of-concept exploit that came to light last year. While both exploits give attackers the same persistent and low-level control of a Mac, the new attack doesn't require even brief physical access as the Thunderstrike did. That means attackers halfway around the world may remotely exploit it. At the moment, there isn't much use of vulnerable machine or there isn't much users of vulnerable machines can do to prevent exploits other than to change default OS X settings that put machines to sleep when not in use. So if your if your computer never goes to sleep, then is that if it never goes to sleep, it'll never be a problem. Yeah, I guess that's where the problem lies, eh? Is right. during the sleep mode transaction or whatever. But that's kind of scary. I mean, these aren't even really that old systems. You, you're talking five years and older, right? So definitely the one that we talked about earlier, that one's susceptible. But uh, <laughs> anything else that has been released in the past couple of years? Yeah. Well, and see, it, it makes me worried because people, I think, go under this. A false sense of security that Macs are safer, safest, safer. It's really Linux yeah. that's really well, safe. Well, you know where, right? well, Mac and Linux fall into the same kind of blanket of, it's not that they're impenetrable, it's that they are safer than the Microsoft alternative. Right. So Macs are bound to have exploits, just like Linux is, but it's going to be a lot less than, say, Windows, for right. example. But this is this is a big one, and and because there's no real fix for it at this point, I mean, hopefully there will be something that comes out. But we're talking flashing firmwares on every Mac that was sold before five years ago. That's pretty messy. I wonder whether or not they'll do a. Can they do a recall? Would they do like a car recall? No. Would they do a computer recall? <laughs> Mac fanboys would just have to upgrade. That's the rule, right? Oh, right. As soon as it's obsolete, you got to upgrade. Yeah. Oi. Yeah. Well, big thanks this week to Roy W. Nash and our community of viewers for submitting stories to us. If you found a story, uh, a news story that you'd like to send, email it to newsroom at category5.tv. For all your tech news with a slight Linux bias, visit the category5.tv newsroom at newsroom.category5.tv. For the category5.tv newsroom, I'm Sasha Dermatis. Thanks, Sasha. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Welcome to the show. It's episode number 402. That means there are 402 hours of this stuff available for you on our website, Category5.tv. Or, of course, you can also find us on Roku, find us on YouTube, find Find us us pretty much anywhere you get your programming from. We'd love to have you uh, participate in the show and become part of our community. All right. Do we have some viewer questions we that we could get into? We do have viewer questions. Oh, great. They're coming in. Where are Hey to they? our chat room as well. Nice to see everybody. I love the chat room. Lots I know of I said that. Tonight. I know I said that on the 400th episode. I will say it every episode. I love the chat room. We can just say that. 
That's fine. Yeah. Can I say hello to some of our newly registered viewers? We've got uh, VBD1804, who just recently registered on our website, Category5.tv. Sometimes people have been watching for some time and then suddenly decide, oh, maybe I should register for the website. That's a way that you can accumulate things like viewer points and participate in some of the competitions that we have there to find yourself on the homepage of our, our website. There is a new registered viewer called Grumpy Hamster. Grumpy Hamster. Aw. I like it. Alice Dare and Drazor. It's nice to have you registered on our website as well and Spang- joining our community. And Spangando. And Alpha Omega 7777777. Welcome to the show. Those aren't even seven sevens, I will say. That's six sevens. Right. Alpha Omega six sevens. Okay. (laughs) Now we got it. Figure it out. Welcome. All right. Question from Bob. Hey, Bob. I would like to watch the Google Hangout you mentioned on the Cat5 show, but I don't want want to join or use Google in any way if I can help it. Is there a way to watch without joining <laughs> oh, Google? Touche! In your face, Google machine! Uh, okay, so buy a Roku. Not affiliated with, uh, with um, Google in any way, shape, or form. Um, go to cat5.tv slash Roku, R-O-K-U. We've talked about it on the show already. Uh, get one of those. You'll be able to find Google Plus Hangouts in special features, You'll see all that kind of stuff there. There's backstage videos. There's behind the scenes. There's extras that have been submitted by co-hosts, stuff that has nothing to do with the show. That's just like home movies and stuff that you can enjoy. Uh, Fun stuff on our Roku channel Uh, as well. Okay, so you don't want to sign up for Google, but there are ways to to watch that without actually signing up. Go to Mm linuxtechshow.com. It looks just like that. And what that's going to do is it is going to redirect you to our YouTube channel, Linux Tech Show. And that's fine. You're not going to have to sign up for Google in order to access this. As you know, you can use YouTube without having a Google account. Now, I'll just say out the gate that we prefer you to have a Google account because then you can like our videos. You can share our videos more effectively. Um, you can give it the thumbs up. You can comment. Those things are all very important to, uh, to us, and we like to interact with our viewers mm-hmm. as well. So jumping over here, what do you see? I've clicked on playlists, and then you see Google Plus Hangouts. Oh, that's the, um, oh, I almost wore that shirt again today. Oh, yeah? <laughs> so there you go. It's as simple as that. And then you've got the Google Plus Hangout. You can, you can scroll through. That's a full hour behind the scenes with the crew here at Category 5 TV. And that includes your live uh, tour of the studio as well. Yeah. So that's a lot of fun. That if you want to see fun. Studio D, uh, that's how you can do it as well. So there you go. Two ways that you can watch. Awesome. Dreamer, uh, sorry, Dreamweaver909 says, I love my Roku. It's great. I don't need high-priced cable. I had this discussion with Garby earlier today. He says, I don't understand the, the, what the Roku is really for because I can use my Chromecast. And I think for the novice user especially, mm-hmm. uh, for my kids, for my family, and me included in that, to be able to sit down in front of the TV with a Roku where I've got a remote control that's a TV remote control. It's not a smartphone. It's not a, right. it's not a computer device. It's not a keyboard or anything like that. It's a, it's a remote control. And I'm literally, quite literally, channel flipping without the need for cable. And right. finding all these great channels that are available on Roku and being able to just go from channel to channel and find out what programming they've got there. We found some really great shows on Roku. And it's on demand. In a lot of cases, there's live video as well. But because it's on demand, you can just start a video at the very beginning of the show at any time that you want. So, um, so for me, it's really about being able to sit down in front of the TV, big screen, enjoy an HD experience that is TV, not computer. So right. I, don't, I don't feel like I've got a computer connected to my TV and I'm bringing up websites and streaming to my TV. Right. It's not like that. It's like TV, but without the expensive cable. It's kind of awesome. It's really awesome. I'm really looking forward to yeah. getting one. Hasn't happened yet, but it will. Can you Roku your home videos, RevDJank asks. And there is a, uh, an app that you can install or a channel that you install on your Roku called Plex. There are other ones as well, and I've experienced many of them. Uh, but Plex is the one that I absolutely adore. Uh, you install uh, on one of your computers, you install the Plex Media Server. 
It can be a Linux computer. It can be a Windows machine. It can be a server. I've got it installed on my Unraid server, for example, as a virtual uh, or as a plugin. And so then what it does is it transcodes the video on the fly, sends it to your Roku, and it works just like a channel too. So all my home movies, we can flip through and watch them on our Roku and, and as many Rokus as we have in the house. So yes, you can. It just requires that extra um, thing be installed. Well, that's not a problem, mm-hmm. is it? No. Nice. Okay, I have a question from Voodoo Sandman. It's actually not a, a question, it's a comment. Hey, it's Voodoo a Sandman. coding tool. So he wants you to check out this great coding tool for oh, yes? Arduino. A coding tool for yes. Arduino. So if you could share that link. Let me pull it up here. Super. I'm just bringing up email because I didn't actually have oh, it open. Sorry. <laughs> I like to do that. Oh, by the way. Yes. Um, that Pico thing. That's yes. not Nano. That's a coding thing from before Nano, from a long from time. way back in the day. Way back, playback. Back when I had hair. Th- kind that's of right. Idea. And Eight. I knew that. Yeah. This comes Eight. to us from Voodoo Sandman. <laughs> it's the alternative Arduino interfaces software. Uh, I will post the link for you in the chat room as well as on our website, Category Five TV, uh, Category Five TV, and this this will be on the show notes page for episode number four hundred two. ArduBlock, a programming environment designed to make physical computing with Arduino as easy as drag and drop instead of writing code, worrying about your syntax and misplacing semicolons. ArduBlock allows you to visually program with a snap-together list of code blocks. That's pretty cool. So it gives you a way to code your Arduino without actually having to do a whole bunch of code. Kind of reminds me that interface really looks a lot like Unreal 4 for me. Okay. I think that that is how I think. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yes. So what's the green one? Well, that's probably <laughs> those little colony things that you put on there. All right, yeah. Okay. Got it. Mr. Chris, Chris Lee. Hey, Chris. Chris Lee, 2511. Okay. I live in the UK. I can tell the difference between the Sky and Skype logos. <laughs> Do you remember, remember that? that? Oh, like, boy. That was like six weeks ago on the news. So you live there. And you can tell the difference? Awesome. You're in the minority, my friend. Apparently. Yes. Because the government or the the court system doesn't really understand. He does understand that the word Skype does have the word sky in it. Ooh. But he can see, you know, the difference between the color scheme and the cloud around Skype. Eh, It's just the way it is. So thank you for supporting us. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, C128D. Who we hey had. All right. Yes, commenting on YouTube, now sending us email yes. as well. Thanks for participating in the show. Okay, so sorry that I couldn't be on the live stream last night. I had a meeting. The reason why, is it Nopix? With a yes. Nopix says that it's a problem with KD in live. This must be referring to that question where he was having trouble with the interface. Yes. Or the uh, menu system. Yes, is that the installer creates the incorrect syntax in the start menu and that they should fix the installer instead of Nopix fixing it on their end. Okay, so when you install KDEN Live, it creates right. bad links. The other distros did not suffer from the same problem. I wonder what causes it then. I would love, now we only have about eight minutes left of the show, and so maybe we could set this one aside. I don't know if you want to leave it unchecked or something. And we can, so if we come back to this question next week and you think you've heard it before, um, I'm hoping that we will come back to that for you, C128D, because perhaps we would have time to bring up Nopix. I'll, uh, I'll see what happens when we install KDEN Live and then uh, see what, uh, what it does mm-hmm. and see if we can help you with that. But I think my original suggestion was maybe try creating your own links. That's, there's no problem in doing that. Mm-hmm. Throw them on your desktop. Whatever you want to do. Um, Michael. Hey, Mike. Um, went to baldner.com and there's no talk about the new street address. So is that the new mailing address or an actual... Our new like, mailing address? Yeah. But he a, says street address. And I'm wondering if he's wondering where we are physically right now or where to send things. Uh, well, new street address it would be referring to the, uh, the mailing address. Right. So we haven't physically moved. We've been here no. since last year. But uh, this is Studio D. But we've closed our postal box. So now when you send us a, a postcard, you're sending it to a physical address as opposed to a postal box. So um, that's, why, that's partially why things have changed. So uh, baldner.com is my blog, and there's a blog there that talks all about why we made that change. Um, so check that out. If you follow me on Twitter, I've posted it there. Uh, but go to baldner.com at the current time, and this is uh, June 2nd, 2015. It's the top 
blog because um, right. it's the last one that I posted. But at the same time, you can uh, you can do a quick search on my site as well for PO Box or Canada Post. Down with Canada Post. No, maybe that's not a search query, but down with <laughs> Canada Post. All right. So <laughs> we don't have a PO Box anymore, which saves a bunch of money. Well, it co- yeah, about one hundred and fifty dollars a year. Yeah, saves us that. So the new address does it cost us money? It's a. It is technically a, a like we're paying for a box, but it's one hundred fifty dollars less per year than Canada Post. Canada Post is through the roof expensive. I know. It's shop around. Uh, and that's not, uh, I, I hate to say it, but they, they unfortunately decided that they didn't want our business. But um, that's the way it goes. Yeah. So we're saving a boatload of money by going somewhere else that gives me better service. And that's what my blog is about. Um, what is really, really cool about where we are now, when I get mail, I get an email. Oh, that's ideal. How cool is that? I always thought, why is Canada Post not doing that? Mm-hmm. Because these days, there is no flag that you can put up. Right. So it's not like the old days where we had a mailbox where you could put up a flag and you see as you're pulling into the driveway, I've got mail because the flag is up. I'm surprised they haven't done that because, I mean, little it's things. Nuts. I, I get an email when my Fitbit battery runs low. Yeah. And it emails, it emails me to say to charge it. I, get, <laughs> I know that you can text the uh, transit system here and find out when the bus is going to be at the next stop. But our postal service that covers all of Canada <laughs> right. has no te- technology behind a post box that costs $300 a year. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. What are you guys doing? Jeez. Crazy. So yeah, I got an email. So I, before Amazon told me that my item was delivered, I got an email saying that it was there. That's crazy. How awesome is that? So. Michael cannot find new every day anywhere but the Ro- Roku box. So nowhere but Roku. Okay. And also can't find the show show. Boy, oh boy. I know that... Okay, let's, let's back up real quick. Michael, thank you so much for your email. And uh, for those of you who have been having any trouble finding things as we grow, we were Category 5 technology TV for eight years. Mm-hmm. Then all of a sudden now we're Category 5 TV network and we've got seven shows. And the infrastructure is having to be completely revamped and everything is being remodeled. But Category 5 technology TV has 400 episodes, 400 pages of content and everything has to be moved over to a new system so it's very slow going but the new shows have their own new websites so when it comes to say new every day that is a uh, a program featuring you remember carrie webb who was co-host here season one season two She's um, fun. yeah and if you go to new tv that's where you would go okay michael so it's a website on the web takes you there that's their website and what it, the reason that i suggested that last week is because if you point to category five tv you'll notice they're on our new system for the network so they have a list of all of our shows and those shows, if you click on them, they will take you, those links will take you to each of our programs. And that reminds me that I posted a new video on Nature Sounds of Ontario, Canada as well. Um, so make sure you check that out if you're into um, solitudes, relaxation, and, and just even listening to bird songs some, while you work. Yeah, some just ambient noise in the yeah. background. Um, if we have helped you out tonight or at any time in the past, please consider throwing a little tip into our tip jar at donate.category5.tv. So if Robbie's helped you figure out a problem or if I've helped you, you know, somehow. <laughs> or if you've enjoyed right the ahead. show. Yeah, yeah, I made you laugh. Thanks so, for your support, everybody. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed the show. That's pretty close to all the time that we have. I know. I, we have another question, but there's like not enough time. So let me just straight up say that Spangando, we will get to you next week. I promise you. <laughs> It'll be the first question next week. Very good. Another hour, Rev D. Jank. Thank you so much for being here, everybody. That's all the time that we have. Don't forget, make sure you get to our website, category5.tv. You'll find our new address address on the Contact Us, or if you scroll down to the very bottom of any of our pages on category5.tv, you'll see our new address. Send us a postcard. The first five postcards to arrive at our new address are going to automatically win a premium vinyl Category 5 logo sticker. It's two up, so you get one dark, one light. So if you've got a silver laptop, you can put the dark one on. If you've got a black laptop, you can put the light one on. You've got two stickers, and they're both uh, they're both yours. Uh, also, 
anyone who sends us a postcard within uh, before July 1st is going to be included in a draw to win a full set of autographed Category 5 business cards. Uh, that's from Category 5 Technology TV. And some of them are rare finds as well because there are included in that uh, business cards from people like uh, Abigail. Oh, and uh, Eric, who hasn't been around for quite some time. Um, so those are all included in that as well. You can find out more. Go to shop.category5.tv to see the whole set. And uh, we would love to send that to you. Don't forget to make sure you stamp your postcard. Include your uh, return mailing address so that we can send you your prize. And uh, send that to our new address. And forget about the old one. Forget the old one. I'm sorry it ever happened. <laughs> Have a fantastic week, everybody. See you next week. Thanks, Sasha. Thanks, Adam. Bye. Kathy. Happy, bye. Bye, Mom. Sarah. Happy birthday. See you, everybody. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed the show. Category 5 TV broadcasts live from Barrie, Ontario, Canada, every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. If you're watching this on demand or through cable TV, check out the local showtimes in your area at Category5.tv and find out when you can watch live and interact in the community chat room. Category 5 is a production of Prodigy Digital Solutions and is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution 2.5 Canada. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in.